0: Everyone, welcome to another edition of Founder Wisdom Podcast. Today we have Case Froling with us. He is co founder at Studio Y. We're going to talk about a bunch of interesting entrepreneurial topics. Today. Case, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about Studio
1: Y? Yeah, thanks a lot and happy to be here. Yeah, we, uh, we started uh, Studio Y at about eight years ago on the inside that the world around us is changing quite rapidly and it's getting more and more unpredictable. And in order to cope with those unforeseen circumstances uh, people need to have an entrepreneurial mindset so especially what we do is that we train people towards this entrepreneurial mindset so they're able to deliver value for others and nowadays we do that in five various countries around the globe so do you teach uh, mostly
0: uh, folks in organizations that are employed about this entrepreneurial mindset because to me, this entrepreneurial mindset as an entrepreneur, as a founder, it has always been natural, but I'm desperately trying to uh, teach it to my team. So it, would you teach it to my team, for example? Uh, would that be the case here?
1: Yeah, yeah. Usually we're, we're, one side, uh, we do it a lot together with uh, different kinds of schools uh, around the globe. So especially students, um, uh, because we think that uh, entrepreneurial mindset is something that is lacking at quite some schools in the world. And on the other side, we're especially focusing on uh, trainees and young professionals within usually rather large organizations and uh, help them uh, to develop this mindset. So what is the entrepreneurial
0: mindset? What is the innovation uh, mindset slash innovative mindset? How does one uh, come to conclusion with this mindset and how does one download it into his brain in the first place?
1: Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, it's not something that you can download, but you need quite some hours of experience and uh, especially having uh, a lot of bleeding noses and scratches uh, because you learn most from making mistakes. Um, but we think that it's especially very important that you're curious, like you're a three years old kid, and asking yourself why uh, all the time. Uh, and usually what we see is if people go to school, and fortunately, a lot of people go to school, uh, then they have to cope with the system. Uh, so they learn not to color outside the lines, but they have to uh, comply with the system. And that's killing creativity. Uh, and only when you're uh, leaving school, and uh, eventually uh, when you uh, go out on pension leave and, and you finish your career, that's the moment that creativity is, is picking up again. And we think that's, that's, that's really a big problem. Uh, Because we need that creativity uh, in order to deliver value for other people. So do you target uh, medium-sized
0: businesses, big organizations? Because in my opinion, once you're stuck in the corporate world and you're tube fed at a salary, it's really hard to motivate someone to become more entrepreneurial and start things by their own. So what type of organization do you work with? And did you agree with what I just said?
1: Yeah, partly, but I still think that there are still people that have uh, quite quite a career uh, uh, made already uh, that still have this young mindset, because it's especially about young minded people. Uh, One of the participants of one of our events was 64 years old, but she was very young minded. But yeah, uh, usually what we see is that especially those people who are at the beginning of their careers and just uh, left the university or or other forms of education and are within their first five years uh, of their professional career, those are more uh, adaptable to to adapting this mindset. Yeah, yeah. And also what we see that especially from older generations, they very much look at these young generations to make the difference within their organization. So uh, those people really have quite a burden that uh, on one hand side, uh, they don't have the experience yet, but on the other hand, uh, they are the ones who are expected to bring this change towards their organization.
0: What do you think about the Google culture, which is that, hey, spend uh, a part of your time working on your own projects. If your projects were good, we even have a Google Venture Arms that will fund it and bring it to, to market and so forth. What do you think about that? Uh, mindset and uh, culture.
1: Yeah, I think it's excellent. Uh, I very much believe that if we bring people together from different kinds of disciplines within an organization uh, and giving them the freedom to go out and explore uh, and uh, to see how they can solve complex problems uh, and and add value for whoever, uh, that is the basic uh, where uh, most of the new uh, um, uh, solutions of organizations come from. Um, usually, it's not working nine to five behind your desk, but especially going out, meet other people, get inspired, um, uh, go out and explore, and uh, and really uh, um, uh, exploring for new new ways to solve things. Yeah, yeah. How would you uh, compare entrepreneurship and innovation
0: culture in the Netherlands vs other uh, nations such as U.S. or even Israel?
1: Yeah, what we see right now is if you look at the at the charge that the Netherlands have quite an innovative culture, uh, but then still, uh, most of that innovation is focusing on technological innovation. Uh, and as we know, uh, innovation, technological innovation, will only succeed if you also have social innovation. And Dutch people are known for their bluntness uh, because they speak out loud. Uh, And mainly, I think that that is a great advantage. Uh, So you also have the people within the team uh, that have their own opinion and are are not scared uh, uh, to talk about those things and share it with others uh, because I think that that really helps to innovate and to find out new ways instead of complying to the old system over and over again.
0: You have a bunch of services and ways for the brain to learn. So you have sprints, you have workshops, you have coaching webinars you have events um what are the differences between both? is there a method that's better to get the information
1: in one in one's brain yeah we, we very much believe that you will learn most from experiences so uh, gaining that experience and getting into an atmosphere uh, as we call them learning experiences It's uh, when we bring people together, for instance, we uh, organized a few weeks ago a three-day learning experience for trainees in the infrastructure uh, sector. And um, uh, the people who joined uh, at the end of the event, he said, well, I didn't know that I was learning so much. But now at the end, when I'm looking back, I uh, just have to, uh, I, I I take the conclusion that it really is a lot that I learned over these three days, and even their senior management joined uh, the final pitches at the end of the event. And they said, well, hey, I see people doing stuff that they don't do at the office. Uh, so uh, you really uh, challenge those people uh, to step out of their comfort zone uh, and, and uh, making new connections and, um, yeah, learning a lot. So we very much believe that learning starts with uh, a lot of experiencing new stuff. What have
0: you seen uh, since the pandemic in regards uh, with uh, Studio Y with the uh, entrepreneurial mindset that you guys uh, promote? Have you seen an increase in that type of mindset in organization, a decrease?
1: Yeah, at the beginning, a decrease, a strong decrease because uh, quite some people didn't know how to cope with, uh, for instance, the lockdown. Uh, one of our clients said that they believed that at about 10% of their uh, staff were sitting at home and waiting for a phone call to be able to get back to work, uh, back to the office, so they could uh, join uh, the workforce again. And uh, But what we saw is that later on, people uh, tried to invent a way to collaborate, uh, and what we saw is that especially uh, when people started to work from home, from their uh, comfort zone, uh, in an, uh, an environment that they trust, that those people uh, were more likely to uh, to share more of themselves if they worked together with colleagues, because they felt more at ease. And that way, it was much easier to really share your personal opinion about stuff. Um, also, at the same time, I think that we know never had an insight in the personal lives of all of our colleagues in sh- such a short period of time. Interesting. I uh,
0: value innovation and entrepreneurship quite a lot in my own business. Uh, for that reason, last week, for example, I posted on my LinkedIn two systems that I installed in my business, and I want your feedback on them. So the first one was Uh, that I now pay my employees uh, five hours per week uh, for reading about anything and learning about new stuff. And the second one is uh, called QA um, project, kind of, so quality analysis. It uh, pays my folks two hours per week minimum uh, for them to review processes in their own department and point out to various inefficiencies and find potential solutions to those inefficiencies. So what do you think about
1: these two solutions to create innovation in my own business? I think that especially the first one is a good one uh, to go out and explore. Uh, Yesterday, we had a meeting with local entrepreneurs uh, who met at our studio and they joined a serious game. And one of those participants said that he spends about 5% of his time just to learn new stuff. that has nothing to do with his core business. And it brings him a lot of inspiration and brings us new ideas. So I think that the first one is a good one. The second one might be uh, also about uh, skipping the the room for creativity, Um, uh, because people are tending to uh, optimize the processes all the time, and it very much depends on what do you do with the the amount of time that is uh, uh, spared in this one. Do you use it uh, for those people to go out and explore and find new means, or do you use it to uh, add up in productivity?
0: Yeah, correct. Well, for, for the first point, for example, the, the books, um, most of my team, they're not, uh, let's say, nine or even 9.5 on 10 experts in their own field. So I'd like them to focus you know, on their specific field. And when they're 9.5 on 10, then yes, you can look at other uh, fields of life and try to draw uh, parallels between. So that would be good. And for the the second one, there's, yeah, there's kind of a danger because uh, everyone does a quality assessment every now and then uh, just because most of my employees pays, well, not most, but a part of it is driven by KPIs. And if they don't reach those KPIs, then they're paid, um, they're not paid bonuses, for example. So uh, they will kind of force themselves into checking what doesn't work and improve on that naturally. So it, it can be kind of Uh, tricky indeed um what are other solutions that you would have to uh, increase innovation and entrepreneurship in my uh small business
1: yeah the way that we do it we uh as a matter of fact we are small business ourselves as well uh? in the netherlands we work together with the team of seven and in most of the other countries we have uh, two or three people working in those countries and they are all co-owner of the organization uh so there's no difference between me, I'm one of the founders, and one of the oldest guys uh, within uh, the team. Most of my colleagues are between 25 and 30 years old, and they earn exactly the same as I have. They have exactly the same rights and obligations as I have. And because of this, I think that especially at the beginning of the lockdowns uh, due to COVID-19, Uh, We saw that uh, nobody was looking at each other to say, well, hey, you're the owner, so you have to figure out how we can solve this one. But everybody was involved and everybody did did their utmost uh, uh, to accelerate and uh, to see how we could overcome this new situation. So I think that shared ownership of the business is also a very good way. Uh, to boost innovation because everybody feels very much attached to the team and to the organization and is always looking for new ways to to uh, develop new innovations or whatsoever
0: very interesting um shouldn't i wait for people to signal that they'd like to have shares of my business before offering them because i feel that offering them shares while they don't really want to be owners is pretty much Pointless, a bunch of entrepreneurs, what they do, they do profit sharing. Would you recommend that I start with that? And after that, if they signal the interest to be owners of the company and have the maturity to, to know what an, older, an owner is, maybe offer them, do you, do you recommend I go with that?
1: I think that especially if, if uh, you're trying to boost entrepreneurship, then it's good that those people that work with you are entrepreneurs themselves as well. Because how can you uh, share something if you don't feel it yourself? And not only from the good side, but also the bad things. Uh, um, uh, When uh, um, a business drops down because of an incident like like COVID, uh, people feel that burden altogether. Uh, And it has uh, also um, uh, a a great advantage, I think. If if you're looking only for uh, a share in the profit, then it's all financial based. But I think that there's a layer underneath about really making that connection and really feeling involved in an organization and really caring about each other and the well-being of the organization and its clients.
0: That's true. I'm almost seeing, you know, the future of business as entrepreneurs just getting together and and not really having like employees Um, because employee is kind of a mindset, you know, and basically the future, let's say, of an agency... I'd reunite with the, the best copywriter, the best researcher, um, the best uh, tech guy for my agency. And we'd all uh, share the, um, the profits uh, of clients and actually would be almost be hundred percent profits because agency use a, a lot of humans. So does consulting uh, firms. So it, is that how a bunch of people run their business? They just go see other experts, other entrepreneurs, and they, they just share the,
1: the revenues between themselves. Yeah, it's something that I believe strongly believe that, that will grow uh, and it will get bigger and bigger um, uh, because eventually those, uh, all organizations need to uh, be able to cope with unforeseen circumstances. And as developments go exponentially fast, uh, I think that if people are really involved, it's much easier to cope with those kind of situations. So it's especially the a situation where you had a business owner and a lot of employees. It is a kind of uh, um, a business model from the past. And I think that new business models will arise like the ones that we use nowadays. And I don't say that this is the best business model because also we have some some downsides of it as well. But I think it's, it's a great experiment. And uh, um, uh, we'll see how it works, for instance, in the Netherlands. And that's in a different way that it works in Mexico and South Africa. Uh, so it's also a little bit culture-based.
0: Super interesting. Maybe uh, case you can finish off here, because I know we're over time already, uh, by telling the audience about a couple of brainstorming techniques that I've read on
1: your website. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I think that the, the most important thing, that uh, the, the big mistakes that a lot of people make is that brainstorming is a, a process that you do as a team, but brainstorming you always do as an individual. Uh, so first, get out those ideas out of your heads do a brain dump do it in silence uh, and set a timer for instance uh, put on some music and write down all those ideas as many as possible and then in the second round try to use a technique that gets you the more outside the box ideas and later on you move on to techniques that gets the more crazy ideas because in brainstorming you're always looking for those crazy ideas the things that you think hey i like it but it's not possible because those ideas probably will bring you to those brilliant innovative ideas and uh, uh, a technique that we use for this one is like we rephrase the the, the challenge uh, in how can we make it uh, uh, impossible for this thing ever to happen. And if people start thinking about these things, you see that a lot of people are using quite some black humor in there, but then they start to flip it from the negative towards the positive uh, way. And yesterday with the entrepreneurs that we had at our studio, they never knew they were so creative just by Dropping in some techniques, and we will share some more um, uh, via the website if you would like.
0: Yeah, for sure. I recommend uh, people going on your blog, which is uh, studioy.com/blog-articles-news. Uh, Cas, this has been amazing, uh, or should I say, case, Cas? Uh, <laughs> it's it's been very <laughs> insightful. You you've shared a, a lot of uh, good value bombs, and I, I wouldn't say that uh, Dutch people are Abrupt, but I like how you answer your questions because you're you're you give like short answers and concise answers and that that's very much appreciated in the podcast. A lot of value for folks. So where can people find out more about you and Studio Y?
1: Yeah, especially if they go to studiowire.com. As we boost innovation, we are experimenting a lot on our website ourselves. So if you go to that website, there are all different kinds of means where you can follow a free email course, and we will start with video courses soon as well uh so uh and if you're in the area uh, and it doesn't have to be in the netherlands because we're also uh, what i said in in mexico or in south africa or in dubai you can join one of uh, our crews locally and uh, and join an event and just get that experience 100
0: Uh, (laughs) i think my microphone dropped 100 percent. that would be very cool i'll uh, definitely let you know if i'm around so case thank you so much have yourself a great day and i will be in touch Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Bye-bye.